Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers suffer their first loss of the road trip, 116-102. to 102. But more importantly, Anthony Davis has the flu. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free, never behind a paywall, and Locked On Lakers on YouTube, which is now zoomed past the 9,000 subscriber uh, uh, plateau threshold, whatever it is, hopefully not a plateau, wrong word. Uh, and, and you know what, Andy, we're pushing towards 10,000. Uh, thanks to everybody for giving their support to that channel, um, to being part of that that community that's developing there. Lots of comments, lots of uh, interaction between you guys, and we try obviously try to participate in that as much as we can and use those comments as inspiration for things to talk about on the show. Um, so the Lakers have been on this uh, now part of halfway through their six-game road trip, and they finally have a loss, Andy. Uh, 116 to 102 was the final score. Uh, in a related note, and the game was actually a little closer than a 14-point uh, loss might indicate, um, related to this loss, though, was the fact that Anthony Davis only played eight minutes. Um, he left the game with flu-like symptoms, which often means flu, um, but 101-degree temperature um, as they head to Toronto, where that will only be 38 degrees because of the Celsius thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, Darwin said after the game that AD had been feeling pretty lousy the whole day and that this temperature kept going up to, as he put it, 101 and change. But AD wanted to try to get through this thing, and he played the eight minutes and just felt too weak and you know didn't feel like he could really help the team, was, was basically just in back getting fluids. I don't think they know yet about his availability with Toronto. I don't think it's even, frankly, something they could know until probably they're at the arena. And I mean, unless unless he just feels so bad that you know the answer, like before you're even going to do a shoot-around or before you'd even warm up, he just knows I can't do this. It might be one of those game-time decision type things where he has to get loose a be, little bit or whatever. Sure. And like, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, the way he's been playing and the way the Lakers have been playing, my bigger concern isn't so much just the Toronto game. Obviously it would be nice to win that game. You know, you got a chance to the best chance I think to make this a four and two trip is to win Wednesday night in Toronto. Um, you know, do, you know, if you count Detroit as a game that they, they can win at the end of the trip, the Philly game with Harden back in his second game back with a few days to practice. and They should look better than they did um, on Monday when Harden made his return. Um, but they lost to Houston in that game. I'd be worried about him getting everyone else sick. Like this, that's what's been happening. This, like this year, whether you're talking about 
school like you've got kids that go to school like they've been all whether gone, you're, you're talking, talking about, about the lakers they've been through this already. i was getting they, there right they that's had one of their own like, bugs your office you're talking about that whether you're talking about professional sports teams including the lakers like these bugs are flying around and the the last thing the lakers want to have happen particularly while you're all on the road together and flying in airplanes and 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 all that stuff is for anthony davis to make everybody else sick so I, if he if he's still running a temperature or something tomorrow, give him the give, you know, don't just keep him away from everybody else. Quarantine the dude and take your chances in in and try to steal a game without him because I I'd be more concerned, like I said, about like turning this into some sort of bug that takes out guys like it did a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, where you know this drip and drizzle of guys missing two or three games. All over the place. Yeah, I mean, we already saw earlier what happened in the season when LeBron was not feeling well on top of the other like injury issues that he dealt with. But LeBron started part of this season pretty visibly feeling under the weather. And I think that was among many things that led to him having a, a very subpar by LeBron's start to the season. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the meantime, this gets compounded by the fact that Wenyon Gabriel is definitely going to be out Tomorrow, he was out in today's game dealing with a shoulder issue. He's going to be reevaluated sometime next week, but the expectation is that it's going to be a week-to-week absence. So you're taking away Anthony Davis, and you're also taking away one of his primary backups. You know, depending on the matchups and the way the Lakers wanted to play. But either way, you know, I mean, Wenyan only averages off the top of my head. I'm guessing about 15 minutes a night, but he plays pretty well in those 15 minutes. And more importantly, they don't have a lot of other guys on this team who plays a role and offers, you know, the literal physical size of mm -hmm. Wenyon. So now all of a sudden they are a very, very small team. Like it, it is Thomas Bryant at this point and However much Darvin feels like he can trust Damian Jones, that's your size, ladies and gentlemen. Right, right. Now. and that that's, you know, in, in a world where AD doesn't play, and the answer on uh, Tuesday was twelve minutes worth. That's how much he feels like he can he can trust uh, Damian Jones. And to his credit, Jones played as well as he has as a Laker. You know, this time around, uh, that is a very low bar to clear because he has not played well. So, um, you know, they got a little bit out of him. Jones, I'm sorry, Bryant played very well. Um, he was one of the only reasons the Lakers shot 8 of 12. Uh, you know, he was 8 of 12. The Lakers were even sort of competitive offensively. Um, he was one of the only efficient Lakers on Tuesday night. And I don't want to read too much into this in terms of how sick Anthony Davis is. Um I play in a fantasy league with Mike Trudell, our friend, uh, our friend Mike Trudell at Lakers Reporter. Of course, covers the Lakers for Spectrum Sportsnet, travels uh, with the team, works for the team, all that stuff. Uh, Andy, he picked up Thomas Bryant off the waiver wire in our fantasy league. So <laughs> that tells me, I don't know, but uh, I was I was a little, I was that made me nervous. It did genuinely make me nervous when like we see you know him reporting that uh, that that AD was 
out with flu-like symptoms. And then like 30 seconds later, I see that he picked up Thomas Bryan. I'm like, how long? I actually texted him. Like, how long is this flu going to last? Look, man, without getting too uh, deep into the weeds of your fantasy league that nobody else gives a rat's ass about, this league is so not just cutthroat competitive, but frankly, nerdy as all get out. Mike might have been just picking up Thomas Bryant for one day. So I wouldn't read too much into mm. this. Like, I, I mean, right. really, it's, it's a league made up of people who are super nerdy about the NBA and take this league way too seriously. So All of those things are true. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the starting lineup and let's talk about actually what happened uh, to some degree in, in Tuesday's game because while the Lakers lost, Andy, I actually didn't think it was, uh, it was anything to get particularly discouraged about, particularly given the conditions they were playing under. Uh, so we will get into all that stuff next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. If you have not played Prize Picks yet, signed up for it yet, Laker fans, you are missing out on Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operators, superstar players, as well as bench players. Pick two to five players and predict whether they will notch more or less in their Prize Picks stats projections. And Prize Picks offers projection on every sport from NFL to women's college basketball to golf. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe. It's fast withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up. Play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant match deposit up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks to play with. But don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at the sign up for the instant match. If you are not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. So um, we'll talk about the, the lineup choices. Um, Darvin Ham is uh, very much uh, sticking with Patrick Beverly in ways that are giving Lakers fans strong Frank Vogel, Avery Bradley vibes. Um, so we'll do that here in a second. But I, I did want to mention just, you know, talking about the actual game itself because. I at least thought it was a pretty encouraging, uh, encouraging effort for the Lakers, and I mean that literally. It literally was mostly effort that kept them in this game, playing shorthanded without Anthony Davis, without Wenyan Gabriel, which matters especially when you're playing without Anthony Davis. I mean, Cleveland kept making these little runs and would get up six, seven, eight points, and you'd be like, "Okay, this is where it's going to go." And it wasn't really until the end of the fourth quarter, with one big push that Cleveland truly put the game away. The Lakers were in it all the way up till, you know, at least halfway through the fourth quarter. And it was not on a night where things were going well, Andy. They, they shot 16% from three-point range. Uh, I mentioned the inefficiency from anybody who wasn't Thomas Bryant from the floor. Um, they, from my estimation, at least, stuck in this game basically because they worked their butts off. Yeah. I mean, the biggest issue I thought the Lakers had in this game with Cleveland was just dribble penetration that was creating incredible looks either for the guards themselves or for Jared Allen, who went 10 for 10 on his first 10 attempts. I mean, he was an absolute just monster in, in this game inside the paint. And, you know, Jared Allen does not create shots for himself. No, Everything, like you said, those he was the beneficiary of all that. Right. And yeah. a lot yeah. of that goes back to Anthony Davis's absence. Mm -hmm. Whether you're talking about the inability to keep Jared Allen off, you know, off the off the the offensive boards, or whether you're talking about 
just trying to shut down these lob opportunities or the guards, if they get past their original defender, which happened a lot in this game, that's something we're going to end up talking about in terms of the defensive backcourt with the Lakers right now. But it's a lot different getting into that lane with Anthony Davis as the last line of defense versus, you know, Thomas Bryant or Damian Jones. I mean, Damian Jones is very, you know, rusty and out of sorts and just has not been effective this year at all. And Thomas Bryant's really energetic defensively, but he's not a rim protector. Like that's not what he does. So I think in a lot of ways, and this is something that I, I think the Lakers can look at honestly when they think about things that can be cleaned up versus things that were kind of beyond their control. Not having Anthony Davis there was a, I think, a or in the first eight minutes of the game when Jared Allen was frankly outplaying Anthony Davis, but we know now that he was very sick, him not being 100% or being in the locker room drastically affects the Lakers in ways that I thought helped Cleveland out a lot and, and mm-hmm. explains a lot of what went well for them in this game. Yeah, and you know the Lakers are, are you know who have been a very good offensive team over the last ten games or so. You know, the, if you'd have told me, Andy, that the Lakers were going to play most of this game without AD, who didn't even wasn't in there long enough to take a shot, um, and was was clearly not feeling well, and you know we 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 learned why. Like if you were going to tell me that AD basically wasn't going to play, um, and that they shot sixteen and a half percent from three point range. I would have told you this game would have been over by halftime. Uh, Cleveland is one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. They've lost once in their own building this year. Um, and, you know, there was no reason that the Lakers should have been able to stick with, with, uh, with them other than kind of confidence in what they're doing as a group. And I thought that really came through um, even in like the the limited minutes that Jones played, for example, he was more productive in this game than he has been basically all year. Again, low bar to clear, but I do think that comes in part from the group kind of elevating and the group believing in what they're doing and and all that stuff. You know, it was it was an ugly night for Austin Reeves, statistically speaking. Um, he was three of nine from the floor and a minus 20 in 26 minutes. And, you know, Russell Westbrook was a minus 13. He was only six of 13 from the floor and, you know, only had three assists. And so like they just, the Lakers had a lot of trouble doing anything. And the only reason they kept after offensive rebounds, they kept possessions alive. Thomas Bryant was big in that regard with five offensive rebounds. Um, I thought LeBron kind of phrased it well after the game when he said like, it's not even like a moral victory. This is sort of what we believe in what we can do. Like we think we're a pretty good team. This is how we expect to play and, you know, move on to, to Canada on Wednesday. Yeah. I, I thought it was really great. He was asked specifically by Kyle Goon who covers the team for the OC register, whether, you know, they could sort of measure their character, reflect character from keeping it, it was 92 all at some point in the fourth quarter. And then, they just really ran out of gas and, and mm-hmm. just ran out of the ability to try to go shot for shot with Cleveland. Yep. And LeBron said, no, you know, we're, we're not a young ball club and we lost and we move on. And I think it reflects a, like you said, the confidence that they have in themselves and, and believing that they've discovered something as a group 
And, you know, what they've discovered, obviously, it becomes much different without LeBron. I mean, without AD. LeBron said afterwards, like, you know, everything changes, including their game script. They had to change everything that they set out to do in this game without AD there because, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, everything now revolves around that guy. But also, too, I just – they're playing now at a level where they can feel like we're big boys. And in a big boy league, when you lose, you lose. And we're – you know, as he said, we're not learning how to play. You know, we may be learning how to play together – we're not learning how to play. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't like the the Rockets right now or the Pistons or a team like but I that. I do feel like maybe you disagree, but I do feel like earlier in the season, um, there was a bigger, better chance. I don't think effort has not necessarily been a problem for the Lakers this year. No. Um, but I do think there's a there's a chance that this game gets away from them faster, um, given the same set of circumstances. Off shooting night, and the Lakers have shot the ball very well from three point. This is the first time in a while that three point shot abandoned them like this on this scale for an entire game um i just feel like the same set of circumstances they lose this game by significantly more or faster um early in the year and you know it's a it it's bad luck and this is you know somebody mentioned this to us on twitter at cam brothers like anthony guys get sick during the year this happens happens to every team and especially after stealing the first couple games of this trip you look at it and you go, oh, it's it's a shame that this happens. And like now your your chances of winning in Toronto are put in jeopardy because Anthony Davis might be sick and other who knows, other guys might get sick. This is why it sucks to start off two and ten. It's one of those reasons it sucks to start off two and ten because you eat up all the margin for oh man, we didn't expect Anthony Davis to have the flu tonight, but he did, and we lost and Oh, well, like if you're playing, you know, if you're 14 and eight, you can, oh, well, this game, the Lakers can't, oh, well, anything right now. No. Um, but like, as Darvin said, after the game, he was disappointed by the loss, but he wasn't upset Mm -hmm. because there was really nothing to be upset about in this game. And to, to the point you're making about how different this might've been same scenario week one or week two of the season versus where we are now. The Lakers were up against one of the best teams in the NBA right now, period, mm-hmm. missing their best player, you know, by a long shot. Anthony Davis right now is the best player on this team, the way he's been playing the last few weeks. The Lakers did not revert towards looking like a bad team. I agree. Like they, they were not out there looking like they did earlier in the season where the energy was there. And you could see what they were trying to do. And, you know, like early in the season, like, you know, you could see the schemes that they were looking to run. And you could see where the offense was looking to take take shape. And the defense was there through a lot of energy and, you know, AD playing out of his mind. But they often looked more – they looked more incompetent at times than where they looked tonight. Tonight they didn't look incompetent. They looked undermanned. And that's a massive difference. Um, Andy Patrick Beverly is trending. That's yeah, Pat Bev was trending tonight. Not good. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, you are listening to one 
right now. You can find those at Bet Online as well. They've got content over there. It's always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Lakers um, have not the the beginning of the year. I think um, was preoccupied with what was happening with Westbrook. Was AD playing well enough, and 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 all this other stuff. Certain guys were missing. Um, so lineup choices were somewhat dictated by availability, um, and people had other fish to fry. Um, more of late now that Andy, the games, the Lakers are playing more competitively. They're getting closer to a place where you look at it and say, oh, these, these wins and losses and decisions might matter. A lot more attention paid to the starting lineup, particularly and even more specifically the presence of Patrick Beverly in it. He was not good on uh, Tuesday, 21 minutes, one of five from uh, the field, all of them uh, three-pointers. Um he finished with five points. He had a steal. He had a couple assists. He was a minus five in those 21 minutes. I swear to God, the, the Cavs basically ran off the floor and <laughs> sat down, um, ordered a meal, like whenever he got the ball at, at the three-point line just to encourage Beverly to take three-pointers uh, and, and finish possessions there. Um, he is now shooting on the season 22% from three-point range, 27.5% from the floor. He is a massive offensive negative. And I don't, maybe you disagree. I don't think he makes it up on the other end to that degree. So, no, it's, it's no. a question as to why he's playing. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a question of why he's playing at all. Like, I, I don't think he absolutely has to be out of the rotation altogether. But, if you asked me, what is easier to justify, Patrick Beverly starting or Patrick Beverly out of the rotation? The answer is out of the rotation, and it's not even close. And this is about more than just the idea of starting in terms of stature, like what it reflects. I, there, there's a trickle-down effect from this. First of all, with him and Dennis Schroeder as a starting backcourt, you are unusually small. Mm -hmm. So you are going out of your way right now, Darvin Ham is, to be unusually small and with one guy who's leaving you playing four on five offensively. Right. They said they will say unusually small defensively, but with a guy who guards up in, in Beverly. So at the right. very least, that would be the official explanation. Right. But you know, there's another way to do this, which would be don't make somebody guard up start Troy Brown who had been playing fine like it's not it's not like people were wondering when Troy Brown was eventually going to lose his starting position Troy had been fine I actually think Troy had been playing <laughs> he's well. never trending right exactly <laughs> Troy I have never seen Troy Brown Jr I mean that might be disappointing for Troy Brown Jr as a former first round pick like he he might have at some point wanted to be trending I, Andy, but I, I maybe no but I, I Lakers Twitter is a little bit like Twitter generally, like you know, like the the adage that you do not want to be the main story on Twitter in any given day. Yeah, that's generally true. speaking, that is true for Lakers Twitter. Other than when Andy Anthony Davis, you know, goes for fifty five or something like that, or LeBron does something amazing. If you are anybody else and you are trending, chances are you've done something bad, or yeah. people are mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> so it's good that Troy Brown hasn't been trending. Yeah, and 
you're you're you are forcing yourself to not just guard up, but guard really up. Like you know, Lonnie Walker is often guarding up in certain matchups because you know he may be one of the Lakers' biggest guards. He's got some decent length, but the reality is he's not a big guard. You know, Austin Reeves often has to guard up, but those guys are guarding up from place of three to four inches taller than Patrick Beverly. Like, I mean, you're asking him to guard up in ways that are borderline comical and I think also reflects stuff that Patrick Beverly did five or six years ago, like in his defensive prime. You know, and I'm not saying he can't ever do it for a possession or two or like, a you know, pockets within a quarter, something like that. But as a strategy, I just he's not such a good defender anymore. He's he's clearly not bad, but he is not locking dudes down or creating such an overall defensive impact, like a positive defensive impact that you're willing to look past you know, what he doesn't bring offensive, like tip, very typically when you see, you know, sort of that four on five type lineup that, you know, teams do that in the past. Typically the guy that doesn't score is the true defensive wing. Like the guy that, okay. You know, like the Andre Roberson's of the world. Matisse Thibel. Right. Exactly. And and look, the Sixers have seen their issues with Thibel, Mm -hmm. but you know, guys that, Maybe they don't score and maybe they're not guarded. You know, Lou Dort was like this a couple of years ago before he actually started being able to score. But what they could do defensively and the versatility they could bring defensively was so uniquely valuable that you could look past it. Like the Lakers are often falling down early in games. I don't think that it's a coincidence that they often start getting back into them the moment Russ checks in for Beverly. And you know, and I, 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 I want to make who, it clear. I'm not putting, you know, no. But Patrick the, the problem is, it's hard to play everything. Both. It's, it's hard to play both Beverly and Schroeder at the same yes. time in the same starting lineup. And it's, I don't think it's, you know, in this stretch where the Lakers have suddenly started to play very well, and you know, the the the, the ratings are turning around for guys. And you see, you know, we talked about LeBron's relatively low net rating and all this other stuff. Like it's turning. You know, Reeves is well above water Bryant is well above water davis is you know doing monster work as you would expect given his numbers but even lebron's patrick beverly and and schroeder have the two lowest net ratings for anybody who plays any minutes on this team over the last 10 games and it's i i don't know i i you're not doing schroeder any favors either with with beverly out there i completely agree and it's about maximizing flawed players and what i think what i what i really would love to get insight into is you know i mentioned before like there's like a strong frank vogel avery bradley vibe to this like vogel played avery way more than anybody could possibly figure out why except for about a you know 12 game stretch during the year where bradley actually was playing very well Aside from that, like just never made any sense. And I think Beverly's starting to get into that. And obviously locker room politics becomes um a big issue there. I don't I don't know if that means um a particular loyalty from Ham specifically to Beverly 
or if it means in a veteran locker room, a LeBron-led locker room with Anthony Davis and you know Russell Westbrook and other guys like that, that they kind of feel like Beverly should play and what what they believe that Beverly brings an energy or an edge or something to what they're doing on the floor that has him playing. But there, there's something that is kind of going to keep him in the lineup that goes beyond performance and numbers. And sometimes that's fine. But I, I, it's becoming one of the things that people are going to be focusing on as games are going to seem to matter because the team is much more competitive. Well, I mean, to your point in terms of what the players often think and, and maybe the effect that can have or the sway that can have, it was very well documented that the the players on both rosters, both years that Avery Bradley was with the Lakers, they wanted Avery Bradley out there. Like yeah. that was not a secret. And when Avery Bradley, right before his second stint with the Lakers, he had been in Warriors camp. And the Warriors ended up cutting him in favor of keeping Gary Payton the second. The Warriors players all wanted Bradley. Uh -huh. over Peyton like and it turned out Peyton was the better call in the end but like wish the Warriors players had asked to trade for Russell Westbrook <laughs> <laughs> but like the point being though that that is a veteran group mm -hmm. that's won a lot made up of really smart players like Steph Draymond you know Iguodala Clay you know Steve Kerr as a coach like these are all smart smart people and there was a strong preference for Avery Bradley over GP2, even though GP2 clearly was the more useful player. And so this stuff happens. It's that was supposed to say that, and we can wrap here, but like that's that's the thing that I think people ought to remember too is it's not just my coach has a loyalty to a player that seems inexplicable. Part of what Ham is doing and what his job is is to read the locker room, read his players. Um, and that doesn't mean that if this is part of the reason that, that, that Pat Bev is on the floor, um, that he, you know, it's, 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 he gets to stay there indefinitely because that's what the players want. But it does mean that it's not necessarily just Darwin's unending loyalty, inexplicable loyalty to a single player. Um, or it could and be. We just don't know. It could be. We just we, we could or it could be the they are also not mutually exclusive. Um, it, it just reached a point where even you know even people smarter than me, Andy, who who can really see you know things when they watch games uh, that I might miss, are also wondering what Patrick Beverly is doing. You know, with with those minutes, and I, particularly in the combination that the Lakers have available to them, it's not just about individual players. It's about context, and in a different context, maybe Beverly would work for the for the Lakers better than he is right now, but that's not the context the Lakers live in. I mean, look, I feel like with this backcourt with him and Schroeder, you have to pick one, and to me, the one you would pick is obvious. It's Schroeder, and I say this as somebody who has said, you know, listeners who go back to when we took over this show will have heard me say many times because Dennis has now been here for two stints, I don't think Dennis Schroeder is an ideal starting point guard. He's not somebody that I would want starting for my team. He's the obvious choice over Patrick Beverly if you got to choose one. Like I, I don't even think it's debatable. 
I just think you need somebody who can get downhill. And like yeah. part, you know, part of the reason Russ makes such an impact is because he comes in and he immediately starts attacking the, the attacking the rim. And um, it is helpful to have that in a, in a starting backcourt. Um, and, you know, Troy Brown, I feel like, you know, you're not losing much there. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens on Wednesday, whether or not Anthony Davis plays, uh, what he looks like if he does, and how the Lakers fare. Because, man, alive, they could steal this one on Wednesday night. You are uh, guaranteed at worst a 500 road trip with Philly and Detroit remaining. Uh, and it would do a lot for morale with a day off in between games. So Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where people go to get the show a little bit early, uh, to subscribe there and um, become part of that community again, zooming now towards 10,000 subscribers. Help us get there. It's like a telethon. Um, and uh, we'll see everybody after Wednesday's game.